Welcome back to the Baseball Playgrounds. Show is Jacob O'Dell, Coach Matt McGowan, and today we have a super special guest, Connor Cliff, who is a walk-on at Cal Baptist University, transferring now to USC, who's currently there and just dominating as a catcher. <laughs> so congrats on that, man. Um, and not only that, he's hitting baseballs 425 feet, 125 miles an hour off the bat. 100, and 107. 107. They, they fat fingered it. You know, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll stick with it though. Yeah. 107, 125 yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. Still hitting the ball freaking hard. Trying. Um, so Connor, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Connor, super pumped to have you. Tell us your journey. Tell us how, how you even got here. Yeah, so I started as a Basically, I started as a walk-on at Cal Baptist. I had um, one offer coming out of high school, actually, and um, sat in Coach Adcock's office and 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 fell in love with the place when I got there and and just had to work. I mean, had one offer and wasn't going to play a lot my freshman year. It ended up being COVID, so um, I only sat for 15 games and caught bullpens. And which is a crazy different story of getting your season canceled on a road trip coming back from USD um, and pulling tarp at one o'clock in the morning and saying like, season's over. Sorry, boys. I don't know what to tell you. I don't have any answers. Um, and then kind of worked hard that off season. I mean, there was no summer ball, so you couldn't really go play anywhere. Um, worked hard, came back my sophomore year. Didn't look like I was going to play very much. Kind of defensive replaced um, the first half of that year and kept going and had some luck with the bat and and started playing every day. Still wasn't on money my sophomore year, and I played forty six games. I think you could you could Google it. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot in between. I felt like if I wasn't suffocating myself with things to do, I mean, I took sixty units my first fifteen months of college. I went to school for two and a half years straight, graduated in three years with a finance degree. Like I felt like if I wasn't suffocating myself with things to do and and wasn't improving in some way that I wasn't doing enough. Now, is that healthy? Probably not, but it worked. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then sophomore year, played a bunch, had a lot of success. And then junior year comes along, um, worked hard again that offseason, same thing. Uh, junior year comes along, kind of split time, didn't play very much. Guy in front of me hit 400. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, it happens. So uh, DH, pinch hit a bunch, um, still caught, and uh, – graduated which was which was huge i got my degree so i got a degree in finance and and jumped in the portal and and we can get a little bit to that later but um coach stankowitz ends up reaching out to me and and uh after he got the job here and and put together one of the best staffs in college baseball um i know we talked about it on the phone but you know travis jewett i think there's 14 trips to omaha between all of them mm-hmm. um between travis jewett sergio brown andy jenkins seth atherton won a national championship as a player um just incredible so ended up there and, and somehow wandered my way in there and, and now I'm here. So Yeah. Well we're we're excited to have you and um, you know, I grew up my mom went to SC. I'm a big SC fan, so um I'm just excited to get you guys back to Omaha and and, Me too. and watch that and, and you know, hopefully we'll be there. Yeah. Um, that we're uh, planning on it, man. Good. 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 That'll be awesome. Um talking about pulling tarps though, about COVID. Oh yeah. So our, our our season gets canceled. You know, we're in the same thing. I'm coaching high school baseball. Mm-hmm. It rained the day before. Mm-hmm. We have our tarp on it. School district doesn't let us on the field. Field burns. It's oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's dead. No, forget it's about gone. It. They don't realize it. But anyway, you know, those are always the fun COVID stories that mm-hmm. we have to deal with. Talk to me though about you're at a mid major, all right? You're you're doing well, you're playing forty some odd games, you're 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 tearing it up. 
and then you go to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? What's, I mean, it's drastically different, but what is, you know, the mindset going into that? I think it's don't treat anything differently. I mean, it's still the game. I mean, they didn't make the bases any longer. They didn't move the fences back. They didn't really change anything. Sure, the, the pen might be a little deeper. I think that's the thing that I found. Um, that Sunday-ish type might throw a little firmer with a little bit extra sauce on the slider. But um, other than that, I mean, there's good athletes everywhere. I think that's the biggest thing. <clears throat> um, it's not – I mean, you can have a, a Grand Canyon like we were talking about earlier. They beat Tennessee this year. Like, they can go out and compete with anybody. A Dallas Baptist, I mean, they've hosted regionals. They're not mm-hmm. like, a, like a fluke team. They're a really solid program. Um, and there's a bunch of programs like that all over the place. It's not power five or die. There's a lot of places that can compete with anybody. They can go to toe-to-toe with anybody, and that's credit to those staffs and administration and everybody there. Obviously, it takes a village, but, um, yeah, just don't treat anything differently. I mean, the guys are the same. Mountain's still 60 feet, and the bases are still 90. I mean, Big thing that I, that I preach to everybody is, like, everything's relational. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that relates, you know, everything relates to one one thing after the other. You said you you busted your you busted your butt. You you got your degree early. Mm-hmm. That obviously translates to you on the on the field. I'm assuming that you bust your butt at the field. Mm-hmm. Your work ethic is is top notch. Do you feel that's what separated you the most? Is is strictly your work ethic, or you know, is there guys that you know still like, you know, compete? You compete with that that maybe don't work as hard. T- talk to us. Yeah, about that. I mean, I get my work ethic from from I would say both sides of my family. Um, my mom and my dad differently. Um, my dad was a small business owner growing up when I grew up. Um, his dad was a small business owner. Um, so we kind of had that mentality, um, from his side and and worked every day in my life. Um, my mom, military Catholic Italian, you can imagine how how that was my, uh, her, her dad was in the Marine Corps for 26 years. So world war two, Korea and Vietnam. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, Yeah. His, um, So kind of those different backgrounds, uh, me and my brother, my brother's my role model. Um, I look up to him and everything. He's four years older than me. Um, But yeah, I would say work ethic, yes. I mean, I always joke with some of the other catchers. I'm like, dude, I'm the least talented dude on this field. Like if I'm playing, something's wrong. Now, obviously I'm joking, but um, like you see me run, you're like, oh, it's not flashy speed. You see me hit, you're like, oh, it's not, it's not some super thump in the bat. It's not like there's, it's not like there's concrete in there. Um, but just work ethic and, and attention to detail and doing things right. And it's, it's what I had to do. Cause I'm not as gifted as, a, as a lot of dudes that I play with and a lot of dudes that I've, that I've played against as well. Um, but it's like, it's a dedication to, it's a dedication and an intent to doing small things correct. Like there are no small things. That's like our biggest, our, our strength coach. Um, he's always like, there are no little things. There's just things whether you attach that they're big or small doesn't mean that they're little, that they're insignificant. There's just things. And if you do things right over a long period of time, you're going to continue to grow. Um, and I think that's led to me being here. What was that big decision for you of transferring to USC versus all the other schools? I know you talked about Stanky, but run me through that, that process with Stanky. So long story short, I'm getting recruited by a couple of schools and the transfer portal is a difficult place. And I guess I can start mm-hmm. there. Yeah, That's okay. Um, so you jump, season ends, let's say you're not going to a regional, super regional Omaha. Season ends in what? May 28th, right? So that's May. Bunch of other dudes jump in. A lot of guys that jump in in that late May, early June will never make it to school. They're going from mid-major to power five. That's draft leverage because what looks better, whether you're going to 
ex-SEC school or a small mid-major, right? It's probably going to get you picked a little higher. Is that the right thing to do? Whatever. Um, a lot of those guys jump in for draft leverage. You're going power five, power five. They're probably going to get picked anyways. They really never make it to campus. So, And you got 3,000 guys that jumped in last year plus. I mean, you could find, I think Kendall Rogers tweeted it at one point. You could see how many guys jumped in and then how many guys actually found a home, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Now that means NCAA to NCAA. They probably went to junior college, a sure. lot of them. So now you're in June. The draft ain't until July. So they get a couple pieces that they know can help, that coaches know can help, right? They're putting together this board, who's entering, who's already found a place, who's done whatever. I'm going to wait for the draft. Well, the draft's in six weeks from then. School starts in August. Yeah. Some schools are starting August 18th. There's a three-week period where you can figure out your entire life as a 21-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid, in a three-week period of a decision that you're going to make for potentially the next one year if you're a grad student or three to four years as a younger guy, mm-hmm. and you're 19 years old. That's a lot to handle. It's not like you know they're, they have, you know, they're older, they're more experienced, they're more mature. Like Some of these guys are kids. They're puppies. They're puppies. Yeah. They're 18. They're, set, they're 19. Um, so jump in, jump in the portal, graduate, get a degree, jump in and, uh, get a call from a Phoenix area code. I knew who it was. I played against him a bunch. So answer the phone, coach Stankowitz. He's like, Oh, you're pretty good. And, um, and, uh, calls me and, and kind of farting around on the phone a little bit. And, and I walk in the living room and I went on speaker. Mom's like, who is it? And I'm like, Oh, it's coach Stankowitz. She's like, Oh, Grand Canyon. Great. Cause you know, your, your parents come to games, they see how other programs operate, um, they're like, okay, I like that coach. I like how he runs it. I don't like that coach. I don't like how he, you know, parents form their own opinions. She's like, oh, stinky. Great. It's awesome. Yeah. I actually never told him this story. It's going to be pretty funny. And, um, and I'm like, she's like, oh, Grand Canyon. I'm like, no, he just took the job at USC. It's before the press release even, even came out. And she, and I'm on, she's like, put it on mute. And I'm like, what do you got? She's like, you're fucking going to USC. <laughs> and I'm like, Roger that. So um, he gives me the whole speech, and, and he had already um, been in talks with Travis Stewart. They coached at Arizona State together back in the day before Stanky had taken the job at Grand Canyon, and and Jewett had taken the job at Vanderbilt uh, with Coach Corbin. So he's like, you got any questions? I'm like, yeah, when can I get on campus? And he's like, um, Tuesday? I'm like, done. I'll see you at 10. So met him at the field and, and went on the visit, and it was a wrap. So – um, but other than that, I mean, the portal is a lot of, Hey, we might need a piece for the draft. If this guy leaves, we'll let you know. Yeah. And it's May 6th, mm-hmm. the draft's July 17th. So they're just, they're creating a, you'll be on a list of guys that we're going to look at of guys that are still remaining in the portal. When that point comes, if that point comes that this kid decides if he goes to the draft, if he gets whatever. So, and then you're waiting from July 17th to August 8th when you have to worry about going to school. So what would be your recommendation to those kids that, you know, are in that, in that like limbo, right? Would yeah. it be, would it be go to the school that's, you know, going to give me the time of day or is it, Hey, wait for that SC or wait for that LSU. Or we talked to Paul, uh, Skinny's over at LSU. And he said that he got a call 10 minutes into the transfer portal from LSU. And it was like, well, yeah, you throw 102. Yeah. So, when you're throwing a hundred yeah, from the right it, side, it it's makes a little sense, different, you know, but for those kids that don't throw 102, like, what, what would your recommendation Depends be? Depends how you want to play your hand. Yeah. 
you can do it however you want. Some guys jump in, they get their first, they see the first line in the water and they're just like, I hate this place. I don't like the portal. I want to get out. And they take it. No, that's the right decision for them. They can do it. Um, but still, I mean, most guys are going to wait for the draft, which is eight weeks after most guys go in. And that's a hard eight weeks. I mean, I just remember sitting there like, did I make the right decision? Like I'm sitting in there and I'm like, this, this sucks. I have no idea where I'm going. School starts in a month. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Like that's a hard that's a hard yeah. place to be. And then you look back at conversations that you had with coaches, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago, and you're like, oh, I should have just said yes. I should have just, you know, I should have just done this. And then you start playing the guessing game up until there. But I mean, it it was difficult for sure. Um, but you can play it however you want to. One hundred percent, the right decision though you made, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I I love playing for Stanky. My my view on college baseball has changed um, a lot. I mean, Coach Stankiewicz is. I know we were talking about it earlier, like he's incredibly steady and I've seen us, you know, beef double plays to give up leads. I've seen us also on the opposite. I've seen us hit three run homers to go ahead in the seventh. I've seen us throw shutties. I've seen us, you know, have some success and he's still the same guy. He doesn't, he doesn't get, you might get him to, to, to go a little bit, but, but he'll never go yeah, far from you. that midline. Yeah. 100%. And I remember we had LMU last Tuesday, almost punt a lead in the ninth, have bases loaded, 11-9, one out. And everybody in the dugout, you know, you start to get a little bit like, oh, God, oh, man, if this guy hits a double here, this is really going <laughs> to suck. And he just leans back off the rail, and he has his whole staff surround him. Obviously, they're talking about the game-making decisions. Stanky's just like, what are you guys worried about? You know we're going to win this game, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I I don't have that type, but he's had that experience and that and where he can be composed in those moments and and yeah. I think that calms everyone too, right? Like I yeah. feel like that is a lot of coaches don't have it. I feel like a lot of teams play off their coach and, mm. and if they're anxious and they're like oh, yeah. they're they're roaming around and stuff, then it's like the kids are like, Oh gosh, so, you know, they're roaming yeah. around. But if you're just Cool, calm, and collected. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we'll be all right. No, there's there's a point where like, if he's not worried, why, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, worried, it's like so. it's like when you're hitting turbulence spots. Like, yeah, it'll be fine. You yeah. know, you're just like whatever. But there's a point where there's sometimes where you need to instill some urgency and you need to upshift a little bit. And he's not afraid to do that either. Mm -hmm. um, no, but if you're doing, and this is a thing that that Jewett's big into now that we're talking about this. Um, if you're doing if you're doing the right things and you're not having success but you're having good at bats you're doing well in the field you're doing whatever, don't upshift, don't push. You start yeah. to push, you get out of now. You start, eh, you stay away from that. You know what I mean? Don't upshift, and if you're having success, don't don't downshift. Don't don't yeah. bring it down one and, and start to chill. But if you're doing the right things, you're not having success. Just don't upshift. Just keep going. Just keep going where because it's gonna it's gonna happen eventually. So you said it's changed your view on college baseball. In what sense? I've been able to, me personally, I've been able to play and trust myself a lot more. I've, every game that, that we play, you know, everybody gives each other a hug before the game and, and Stanky's always gives me a hug. He's like, hey, I love watching you play. I love, I love the way you go about your business. Like, just go have a great one. Go over to Judy, gives you a hug. He's like, hey, love you, kid. I'm rooting for you. Like, have a great one. And you're just like, as a player, you're just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, I've never had this before. Like, this is great. Like, that part and the ability for me to just go, like, Seth, our pitching coach, Seth Atherton, um, you can Google his resume. It, it it speaks for itself. And he always says, like, work, work, practice, play the game. 
work practice play the game. Don't work the game. Don't don't try to my he's pitching guys. So don't try to front side this back. No, work practice, play the game. Play the game. You focus on competing. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be okay if you've worked in practice. If you haven't done that, you're not gonna be able to have confidence, right? Your preparation will always build your confidence. If you don't prepare and you don't work, you're never gonna have that confidence to be able to go out there and just play just play just have fun yeah. you know and we can talk about getting recruited and and all that about having fun and not playing with pressure but what are some of the things that you see that are the difference separators between the good guys on the team and the great guys on the team whether it's their mentality or how they play the game just how they go about their business mm -hmm. and it's just people will say that about anybody who's successful mm -hmm. some guys are just different some guys are incredibly talented some guys work really hard um but they're just great team guys, mm -hmm. more so than anything. Um, I was talking to uh, Coach way back about guys jumping in the portal, this and that. And first question is, how is he? How is he as a teammate? Mm -hmm. How are his grades? What position does he – like before anything even started, it's how is he? How is he as a teammate? How are his grades? Mm -hmm. Is he a pitcher or a position player? And then you start going down the line. So – that answers your question yeah. at all. Yeah, but more the characteristics. Yeah, it's more characteristics. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for are sure. Gonna, are you gonna be a glue guy? You're gonna fit in and, and yeah. you know Yeah. You know, row with everybody else. Yeah, one hundred percent. Big question as an SC as an SC guy growing up, um, does the past put pressure on you guys for for the future? We have um, the D one baseball projected conference standings preseason in our locker room it's on our bulletin board when you walk out to the field you have the practice plan you might have like um um maybe like some strength numbers that we had tested it's up there you have like the practice plan and then the standings right next to it because they said we were going to finish last they said we we're going to finish 11 out of 11 so yeah that's the only thing that's in there mm -hmm. and then there's the man in the arena speech on the door but um that's it so to answer your question Yes and no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, SE has the most uh, most titles in history. Yeah, you can um, say that again. <laughs> the The plan is to obviously get to Omaha. Um, do you think this team can do it? I think if we can continue to pitch how we've been doing, which obviously you're like, man, we've thrown three shutouts in seven games. You know, let's keep doing it, right? So we've had success on the mound, and, and we've got a lot of pieces. We've got some fireballers in the pen and some dudes who really compete like like nobody can take anything away from them. If we can continue to be dynamic offensively, I think that's how I would describe us right now. Um, I mean, we drive pressure. We have a leadoff guy who ran a 10-200 in high school, yeah. right? Leads the country in triples. We I think we lead the country in triples, too. You could probably check that. Um but being dynamic, the ability to apply pressure is something that we've done a lot better in recent weeks. And we're not a – and Stanky says all the time, like, as an offense collectively, as a team, we're not a big single-punch knockout, grand slam type team. Now it does happen. We've hit some homers. Um, but we just choke people out. So so far, we've just choked people out. Score one, score two, back-to-back -back innings. They might hit a three-run homer. We come back, score four. Score one more, score two. Next thing you know, the score's 10 too. You just slowly just choke people out. Mm. Um, that's been his biggest thing is like just continue to add on, continue to just just choke them out mm. over over the course of nine innings, over the course of a weekend. Um, just came off San Diego State, which was a good weekend, and just continued to, um, you know, they apply pressure and we're just like, no, just rope pull, just get back in the corner. So, yeah. If we keep doing that, yeah, there's, we've had some success this year, but if we keep doing that and 
we'll see where it goes. I think the program's going in the right direction, which which is awesome, and it's it's a long time coming. Which is, yeah. and, you know, as a fan, you're like, yeah, let's let's get yeah. SC back up at the top. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited. Yeah, we we had talked about the recruiting of high school players to college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that you had mentioned to me was the showing the teeth and how oh, yeah. somebody carries himself on the field. Yeah. So run me through the actual concept of showing teeth okay so obviously if you're showing teeth you're smiling you're having a good time so that's how it starts so i was talking to a coach about um you know what do you look at when i when you're recruiting a guy well one i want to see if he's showing teeth is he having a good time is he playing with pressure does it look like he's playing with your friends right coach Stewart always says like like you're doing what you love who you love to do it with you're doing what you love with who you love right Mm -hmm. that makes sense um are you showing teeth are you having a good time are you playing with pressure are you doing whatever Great. Check box number one. Box number two, are you flying around the field? Are you having a good time? Are you flying around? Do you have energy? Because when you're doing college baseball is what, eight months start to finish, not including summer ball? It's a lot of time. If you're just dragging your feet, not having a good time, just you're, you're either an energy giver or you're an energy taker. And you can get a lot of dudes that throw 95 that are energy takers. Don't want them. Go somewhere else, right? Um, energy givers, guys are smiling to have a good time. And then the third one, um, Different coach told me this one, but, you know, if they talk to a kid after the game and, and they got mom or dad or both there and they're like, and it's there in Arizona, it's like 115 outside and they're talking to him and the parents kind of like, dude, let's go. Like, come on. Like, let's go. They're like, good. It means there's a sense of urgency in that house. Like, it's funny, yeah. but it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where it all starts. And then you go, okay. And you would be surprised who knows who. Like everybody knows everybody. Every, Everybody's been everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. I know we were talking about it before, but like relationships with coaches, like the average, this is probably good and bad, but like the average tenure for an assistant coach in college baseball is like four years probably before they go somewhere else um, for whatever reason, family, change of job, whatever. Not judging, More but, money. It's, but it's true. <laughs> More money. Yeah, it's, it's true. It doesn't mean it's whatever. The average tenure for a college baseball coach is – or assistant coaches three to four years. So you build a relationship with a coach your sophomore year of high school. By the time you graduate or your freshman year of college, he might already be at a different a different school. It's it's likely. Um, but he might not have needed a third baseman at this school. He goes to a new one. Well, now he needs one, mm-hmm. right? And then you go to X school, whether you go to a different school or not. He moves around. He goes somewhere else. He knows somebody. Somebody calls him. Hey, I recruited him in high school. Really good kid, good grades, good family. Awesome. Then you jump in the portal after you graduate, um, if you choose to do that, or, or early, whatever. Well, now he's at a different school. And then he's like, hey, I recruited you in high school. Great kid. Dude, let's make it happen. Now you're there. But those coaches that they move around, they know everybody. Everybody calls everybody. Mm-hmm. For one for one guy that goes in, they probably make, I don't even want to know how many phone calls. I mean, it's everything that they do. Yeah. Um, but don't, don't underestimate who knows who, where, when, how. Um, different parts of the country, run into them on a recruiting trip, doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's no, there's nobody else that can build it. No service, no, no nothing that can build that, mm-hmm. that for you, those relationships yeah. that you have with coaches. We talked to the Glendale College coach, uh, Coach Kokel, and he was saying that, you know, the tight knit community of coaches is yeah. so small that, mm-hmm. you know, they're all recruiting the same guy and they're all talking about the same guy, mm-hmm. even though he's a junior college and you're USC or yeah. you're UCLA. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where 
he's like, yeah, we get guys from SC or UCLA to come come to Glendale College because I know those coaches mm-hmm. and they know that they're going to get developed here and they're going to mm-hmm. move on. Now, how often do you see that kid, you know, come from the junior college or come from high school that's prepared for that for that Division One college baseball? Is it often or is it something yeah, that they're yeah. like, yeah, like oh man, we we really need to to, to work. Oh yeah, what well, yeah all the time. We had a kid, um, Cabby. He was uh, ended up hitting the middle of our lineup for us. Probably set the record for homers in a single season at RCC after they probably after they changed the bats. Um, but the kid had jet fuel in his bat, and you could insert him in any lineup in the country. That's why you see JUCO guys getting getting picked relatively high yeah. um, every year. I mean, they can definitely compete, especially in California. I mean, Cal- there's a reason California plays their own state championship, and they don't go to the NJCCAA because yeah. they ran it every year, and now they have to do their own thing, and then everybody else goes to yeah. that yeah. one, right? I mean, there's, there's – It's also the only junior colleges that don't give any money. Yeah, you know, it's all state funded. It's so. all, and it's all, it's a lot of local. You don't have a. I mean, you might have some guys that move around to go to junior colleges. The kids come out of state to go to those junior colleges, but a lot of those kids are local. Absolutely, which shows you how much depth and talent there is in California. As much as people talk about, oh, every all 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 the talent comes from Texas and Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and all these places. Like, oh yeah, there's a ton of talent out there, but California, I think, is still. Now I'm a little biased, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's it's, there's good talent everywhere. You can you can recruit um, at a place like, you know, if you're recruiting down the south, you can go all over the country and get guys. You're also playing in front of five thousand on a Sunday. Well, so, I also, I also think too, like California has so many people, right? So, yeah, like, we're, we just outnumber the amount of, of people in Texas and Oklahoma, and they, mm. they're great. There's great players, incredible, everywhere. incredible players. Um, yeah, they're just a lot more depth. Yeah, I think. And, and especially in in certain areas, Orange County, San Fernando Valley. Mm. Like it's it's yeah. really tough, yeah. you know. There's a ton of MLB guys coming out of those places, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, no, it's exciting. So I'm I'm excited for to see how this high school season ends up because there's going to be somebody that comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere and you know is throwing 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, showcases and camps with everything that goes around? Uh, you know, coaches' economy, talking mm-hmm. to other coaches. And a lot of parents especially get worked up about showcases because they think that that's the only way that they can get their kids seen. But there's a lot of other opportunities Mm -hmm. that you can have. So what's your take on the showcases and camps? I went to a couple of showcases, Mm -hmm. never did anything besides take the check, you know, Um, and to each their own. If people if people live and die by showcases and and metrics and numbers. But I could tell you of a coach that's been in college baseball for 20 years and has never taken a radar gun to go recruit a pitcher. Doesn't even know how TrackMan works. Doesn't know. Yeah. Had been, been very successful, obviously. I tell you when we're done here who it is. But um, been very successful. Never taken a radar gun to go recruit a kid. How do you know the fastball's live? Well, because guys swing and miss. How do you know it's not very good? Because dudes are barreling it. Yeah. It's simple. <laughs> they're very. Yeah. They're, a lot of these coaches are very simple people. They don't care. Now there's guys that mostly are pitching guys that are worried yeah. about you know, if we can take this spin to do this and whatever, and, and that's their thing. But talking about extremely prominent head coaches that are like, how do you know the fastball is good? Nah, well, because guys aren't hitting it. Yeah. Very simple. Um, but for showcases, I mean, I just never did it. Yeah. Camps are, I think, are, I think camps are great. Uh, maybe we host a bunch of camps every year. We probably hosted, God, that I worked, probably six in the fall, six or seven opportunities for kids to come. Now that's um, – Divided age group, obviously I have a junior college kid go against, mm-hmm. you know, the 2026, 20, whatever year yeah, that is yeah. now. Um, 
But segmented by group, I think camps are awesome. I mean, it, it gives the ability for the coaches to, one, have you on campus, get to see how you are, get to see over a two-day period, three-day period maybe, um, show you around campus, get to meet you, get to talk to you, get to build that relationship. Because like we said before, that guy might be at a different place in two or three years or even next year or something and where they might not have needed a piece here. They might need it over there. And, and he's like, hey, I already met the kid. I got him on campus. Maybe it was at a previous university, but the kid's awesome. Parents are great. Grades are good. If you get to that point, it might not work out at that school specifically, but being able to go to maybe a different school in the future that that guy or that he calls, hey, what do you got on this guy? Oh, I love him. And then make that happen. I, I think camps are great. I went to a couple, never ended up going there, but um you know what though i think you're absolutely right it gives you gets you in front of the coaches it gives you an opportunity to be seen and and i also think it helps the coaches not miss yeah right because oh i see him in a game at, at his high school he blowing it you know yeah. blowing guys away but yeah. he gets out here and he's actually competing against some guys yeah. it's like hey you know what maybe he's not the guy mm -hmm. we thought he was or maybe he is the guy oh yeah. man he's he's killing it you yeah. know um and i think that's what camps really benefit yeah. a lot of and i've seen for. kids get offers from camps not not i've never seen it happen but i've Talk to our staff, be like, "Hey, this guy can, this guy can move a little bit. He's got a little thump. He can, you know, he's got some little ice on the heater. Mm -hmm. Which, if you take that literally, it doesn't make yeah. sense. But <laughs> like, this guy's got a, this guy's got a little ice to it. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, well, if he starts landing this breaking ball, he's probably gonna get an offer. He starts landing it, you're like, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, There's yeah. your answer. And then next thing you know, he's a, he's a Trojan or he's a whoever. Yeah. Right. So it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. And there's. Kids also overlook the fact that just by going to, say, the camps rather than the showcases, mm. you allow yourself to build that relationship mm -hmm. with the coach, which inevitably gives you better opportunity to get a scholarship mm -hmm. and for a coach to say, all right, we have the 11.7 yeah. scholarships that we can give. And we talk about this all the time of how coaches don't just offer an entire scholarship package yeah. to a kid. They no usually one, no one's going to full off. Yeah. Right. So... I mean, to explain it, usually like 11.7, yeah. administration will tell you 11.7 scholarships is X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And then they just operate off the dollar. They're not going to, I'm going right. to give you 0.365. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right. going to give you $31,000. That's, exactly. so that's usually how, how they divide it up. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. We talk about division one baseball and, and again, you have 11.7, you got 40 guys on the roster. Mm -hmm. A lot of those guys are going to be walk-ons, mm -hmm. you know, or at least guys that are preferred roster yeah. spots in the fall. How often do you see those guys make the ball club? How often do you see those guys get redshirted? Yeah. What do you well, think? Well, me, for one. Yeah. I mean, I was one of them. Um, sometimes they get – yeah, I mean, it's like with anybody. Sometimes guys on scholarship end up going to junior college. Guys that go walk on go to junior college. Any successful college baseball coach will tell you, I don't care how much money you're on, how much money I gave you. If you're a financial aid guy, because those won't count against scholarship, you can't combine them. Um, I don't care what money you're on. I don't care what – if you're going to help me win a baseball game, you're going to play. Yeah. Now, what that capacity looks like is kind of – it depends a lot, right? Whether you're a five minutes of fury fireballer reliever out of the back end or you're um, a catcher or you're a defensive replacement like I was my sophomore year um, or you're a first baseman or you're just a dude who just – it doesn't matter. If you can win baseball games, you're going to play. That's what these guys – get paid to do that's their yeah. job mm -hmm. now they have a lot of other things they develop young men and get to mentor them and watch them mature and grow and they get to get a degree there's a lot of stuff that goes into that but they gotta win and if you can do that you're gonna play mm -hmm. if that's what you're worried if you're worried about playing you're gonna play it doesn't matter if you're on twenty thousand. if you're financial aid if you're on sixty thousand. if you got a million in nil it, if you can't help somebody win you're not gonna play yeah so. no it makes makes absolute 
total sense. Now, you being an older guy, graduate, student, what advice do you give to the younger guys? I tell every freshman class, I'm like, <clears throat> outside of any crazy family life circumstance that's happened, I'm like, athletically, this will be the most difficult thing that you'll do, but it will be the most fun you'll ever have. Like, there's nothing better than, you know, we go and, and we have Stanford on the ropes on Sunday and we end up taking the series from them and went into it. Like, that's so fun. And you get to do it at home. Or, you know, we went down to Auburn, didn't have a ton of success, but you're playing in front of 5,000 on a Sunday at 11 on a series that got flipped because of rain in California two days before, and they went 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, which is small for SEC, which is crazy. Because <laughs> there's nothing like that on the West Coast. I'm like, it's hard, but this is this is the most fun that you'll ever have. So don't don't take it. Like, this is a privilege. And I don't want anybody to lose sight of that. Like, it's not a – like, this is – and. Seth and I talk about this a bunch. Like this isn't a grind. People understand. Like you, it's not a. It's not. It's like it's not a grind when it's a privilege. Like it's. This isn't something you have to do. This is an opportunity. We always say it's a bad day to be a get to, right? Because you get to do this. This is this is a privilege. This is. It's not. It's You're difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. It's not hard. It's a big difference. It's difficult. Yes, hard is raising a family. Being a single mother, military, first responder, that's hard. College baseball? Yeah, in the grand scheme. In of the grand let's have some perspective. You know what I mean? Like this is a privilege. Don't, don't, don't yeah. treat oh, it's a grind. Oh, it's it's ego. That's all it is. Like this is this is a privilege more than anything. And if you kind of have that perspective, I, th I think it makes it a lot more fun too. Absolutely. You're the first person to ever bring up that perspective. And yeah. I, yeah, I've I appreciate it's that. true, yeah. but it's true. Like yeah. people, people act like, "Oh man, I'm grinding." No, you're lifting in a fifteen million dollar weight room, <laughs> yeah. and you're eating steak three days a week. Yeah. And people that you know, we have our athletes. Mm -hmm. And you're on track, dying. man. And oh, you're, you're hitting in a oh, cage. Oh man, yeah. A, yeah, I get steak for the yeah. third time. Oh, French toast again. You know what I mean? This isn't a. This Darn isn't it. a. This isn't a grind. Now, granted, every circumstance is different, right? The the. Um, the resources that SC provides their student athletes are in, in, in second to none. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, there's probably one of the only places in the country where your physical is a full blood panel, an EKG, a full physical. Uh, you meet with an orthopedic surgeon. You meet with the the uh, neurologist or whatever. They do your concussion baseline. They do a bunch of other stuff. Um, orthopedic surgeon does your whole makeup, body, whatever. They do all that. Now, it's a lot different. Um, other schools don't have those resources, but – in the grand scheme of things, it's still a privilege. Yeah, it's still baseball to do anything. It, you get you get to play baseball with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what about that is difficult. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Let's have some perspective yeah. Yeah. for for once. Well, same thing at the high school level, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're playing baseball with a bunch of friends. And for the public school kids, it's probably the kids you grew up with. Yeah, you know, so you've known each other for years. Yeah, I mean, take it for a grain of salt, and and you know, just. Love it and, and you know, enjoy yeah. your time doing it. And I played with too much pressure in high school and I kind of regret it and, and be like, oh, I got to push to do this and get recruited because I, I had one offer throughout yeah. high school, yeah. I think, at all. And then, and then Cal Baptist ended up coming out, took the walk on there. Um, and it, and, and it that's one more than a lot great. of kids are going to get. I, I agree. And so maybe, so maybe some kids have to go to junior college and, and start there, but it's not D1 or bust. 
like I was a walk we're, on we're at a, a division one school. It shouldn't be that. Shouldn't and it shouldn't be, be and it sh- and it shouldn't be power five or bust either. Like there's some there's savages everywhere. I mean, you can go play a midweek against a mid major school, and you're like, dude, this kid's throwing ninety eight. Like, where did this kid come? Like, why? Like, all the best players are in the SEC. Like, no, there's guys that throw ninety five plus, ninety eight plus with wipeout stuff at a small mid major school. When you look on the schedule, and you're like. Where the hell is that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's dudes everywhere. And those dudes, they work hard. They work really hard. Because you have the little chip on your shoulder, you know, you're going to play a bigger – and I've been on both sides of that too. I mean, I've been on the side of it of, of being a mid-major school, going into a, a large power five school, going to play and just feeling like – just gross. You know, they look at you, mm-hmm. the home plate meeting, that's the head coach. You know, hey, you want to play with a run rule today? <laughs> I've had it. We've had it happen. And you're like, you know, you just feel like totally disrespected and yeah. just gross. I've been on that side of it. Now I'm on the Power Five side of it, and and I understand that side, so I don't look down on because I know there's there's dudes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're hoping the the run rules in effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, if the Pac-12 could change one thing, I I would agree with a run rule. Uh, I know the SEC does it. I think the ACC does it as yeah. well. The WAC did it. Um, I don't know. I like it because how many games do you play? Now this is probably off topic, but how many games have you played? Where it's eight zero in the fourth, and then dude hits a three run homer for them. You're like, all right, whatever, eight three. All right, bases loaded, walk, double, eight six, eight seven. Now you're playing a now you're playing a nut grinder, and it ends up being fifteen fifteen. When if you could just keep pushing and score three more runs, just to give yourself a little insurance, push it to eleven. Dude, it's a solo homer. Who cares? Seventh inning, go home. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I think no, it's great. It makes sense. Yeah, it's great. So, um, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Mm. I have a bunch on my phone. I, I keep people. I keep stuff that that people send me. I think it's important too. You know, if you ever need something, I I write them down. I could show you. So I have a bunch of them that we, that we that people mom. have shared with me. Um, one of them is it does it doesn't take a hundred million to be happy. That was from a f- friend of mine that. Um, dad was wildly successful in business and he's like I've been extremely poor and I've had a hundred million and I've been miserable and I've been poor and been very happy I always thought that you know when I hit you know five twenty fifty hundred that it would make me more happy and it and it never did it was actually the opposite you know more money more problems yeah no, absolutely. Um, at least that's what Mace said in his song yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of them like when a guy hit with sent me this one and I saved it. The obsessed become successful with anything in life. If you're not obsessed, you're wasting your time. And I think that one's that one's important for me. Like a lot of these guys in college baseball, especially me, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout myself out, but like this is all that I have. I don't I don't have I play golf with my dad and my brother because I get to spend time with my family and and friends. I don't care. Like yeah. it's fun. I'm competitive. I'm gonna compete yeah. in it. But, like, this is all I have. I have my family, this university, this baseball team, my girlfriend, and I got a little dog. That's it. Yeah. It's all I care about. I don't have anything else. Like, when I'm on campus, like, and these boys and this university and this staff, like, that's all I think about. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. I, do, I, wish I, I wish I could do something else and, and have a hobby but I don't. I you know go wood woodworking. I don't have anything. 
You know what I mean? I don't make yeah. canoes in my basement like NCIS. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't have anything else. Like this is all I have. And like that's it, there's a you know there's always this thing like what does it take? Well, it takes what it takes. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. Like I don't I don't want anything else at the same time. Like I care about this team. I care about this university. I care about my family, my girlfriend, my dog. Other than that, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why. And I think that's why you know you put in the extra work. I think that's why you yeah. you know you want to be successful. This is your your trip to you know go play pro ball and, and yeah. you know eventually and 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 move forward. Um, and I think a lot of people don't take that perspective, right? They want to, you know, be into other a lot of other things, and and unfortunately, that doesn't yeah. necessarily make. I you... I mean, I don't I don't blame the transfer portal on coaches, and people might not. Oh, they're over recruiting. They're bringing seventy kids in for the fall. Okay, yes, that's part of it. It is part of it on a smaller basis. How many kids have you played with, coached, whatever that go to school, and go to the fraternities and never make it out? How many kids get in trouble off campus? How many guys have bad grades? How many guys become academically ineligible? People don't talk about that. I mean, there's a reason. How many reason. are bad teammates? How many are horrible teammates? Yeah. That's no. what people don't talk about. Like, no. We had some – in college, I had a couple horrible teammates. Yeah. And you're like, why Why do we even put up with these guys? Yeah. And then the reason why we have had success this year is because we don't have those guys. And, and, that's, stay that's, and, and that's why I think a lot of teams have success. Once you can eliminate those yeah. – those, cancers or yeah. those bad teammates it, it totally changes yeah. the perspective we you know as a high school coach we won cif last year mm-hmm. and it was the best team i've yeah. ever had because they were such a tight-knit group everyone loved everybody yeah. everyone believed in everybody it was it was just such an amazing experience and i think we didn't have that before yeah and that's what separated this team into a, into a champion and mm-hmm. it was it's been it was a blast. and it's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a mo- ton of so fun. So I said it's it's gonna be hard, but it's gonna be yeah. the most fun you've ever had. Yeah, the worst I mean, part is seeing those guys leave. I, I love. Yeah, those so, guys. I mean, yeah, that's why the worst day of every college coach's career is senior day because yeah. you have a bunch of dudes that you brought in. You know, maybe they were little puppies when they came in. Maybe they were transfers that made a big impact or were just really good clubhouse guys. They might not have thrown you know a hundred frames, but um, they make a big difference. But don't under, don't underestimate the impact that you or somebody else can make in the clubhouse. Like. You, if you're a good locker room guy, you show up on time, you do things right, and you can do all of those things and get good grades and stay out of trouble and do well on the field, right? It's the old John Wooden speech, what do you look for in a player? Yeah. Well, I want a guy who shows up on time, yeah. works hard. And he's, the laundry list like 40 things. He's like, well, that's the guy that I want. But don't underestimate the the impact that you can make on the not only on the field but in the clubhouse, in the dugout, in the locker room, um, just being with guys every day, building relationships, doing that stuff. It's I mean, it's huge. Hundred yeah. percent. I couldn't agree more. Talk about playing with pressure. Like mm. you're you're under the lights. You see all these fans. Yeah. You're playing with these top tier athletes. Talk about dealing with the pressure, even if it's in a clutch situation or not. You know, you're dealing mm. with it every day of your life. It's something that's changed. I mean, also, I mean, to have some perspective. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. college baseball. Yeah. And and the start. Um, I was a person that I've been on both sides, but I've played put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, like I've played in front of six thousand at Auburn, and I've played in front of six because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right when you had that year where nobody yeah. could attend games, which I thought was terrible because most of the fans are families. So you just took away families being able to see that there's no reason you couldn't have literally two parents per section mm-hmm. come and watch their kids play. That's a lot of the fans of the game are parents, especially in Southern California. Yeah. You have a lot of parents that drive from, um, let's say Newport. Mm-hmm. 
to L.A. and they come watch their kids play. Well, they couldn't do that. And if the stream wasn't very good, like, hey, mom, did you see I had a homer today? Well, it's like, no, the stream cut out in the third, <laughs> right? So it's like, no, I didn't see it. But those are a lot of those opportunities. So anyways, that's a different different conversation. But I've been – I've played putting a lot of pressure on myself and kind of feeling like the world's closing in for no reason, mm-hmm. um, whether that's like – I want to push to be, you know, I, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to, I have to, I, there is none of that. And I remember when we went to Auburn on Sunday, um, we're tied like 12, 12 in the ninth. And I come up to the plate and I'm like looking around and there's like, there's people hanging out of the parking structure. There's, I mean, it's, it's packed and it's loud and it's, and it's chanting. And I'm just like, I remember walking up to the plate and I was just like, what a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how much that changed in 12 months when I was playing with a ton of pressure, not being myself, pushing too hard, doing all that stuff too. You can go up and in front of Auburn, I ended up hitting a single. So, wow, what a good story. <laughs> but it would be a different story if I punched out. But, um, but the ability to walk up to the plate 12 months later and just be like, I wish there was more people here. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. this is a good op- – This it's just an opportunity. That's all it is. I think – I, I, I was able to, one, play with a lot more confidence um, this year, just be able to trust myself and, and, and everything that goes into that, and at the same time, just take the emotions out of it and just see it for what it is. Um, that's been the biggest thing is, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Accept it, that it might happen, that it can happen. Now take it away. Because I think sometimes when you realize it, when you rationalize, like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? I could take, you know, 96 to the face right now. Well, if that happens, um, that'd really suck. But we have trainers here and everybody that can take yeah. care of me. Probably have a medical center. Okay. I'll be fine. Eventually. Okay, what's the worst What's the worst thing that happens? I punch out. Result-wise, I punch out. Yeah. Okay, well, if I punch out, it's probably going to feel like this. Well, that's not too bad. I've felt that before. Take a deep breath. You're like, all right. What's it going to feel like when I hit this single right here? What's it, what's it going to feel like when I smash this double? You know, when I take a, a pitch that's close and the guy says ball four, you're just like, yeah. Right? So I think you can do both ends of it. I think, I think for me, it's being able to accept, being able to emotionally accept what's the worst thing that can possibly happen. I punch out. I mean, okay, I punched out a lot in my career, probably a lot more than I should have. <laughs> but if that's the worst thing that can happen, okay, I can accept that emotionally. Yeah. And I can, I can carry that with me right now. Good. Get rid of it. Now it's just time to party. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. No, I think pressure is a privilege, right? I mean, sure. I talked to a couple of guys and, you know, um, one thing I think a lot of, I think a lot of players don't look at is if the coach didn't have any confidence in you, you wouldn't be in that situation. For sure. Right. For and sure. I feel like some players just have to realize that like, man, you're the guy for the job right now mm-hmm. because if you weren't, I'd hit for you yeah. or I'd yeah. pull you or I'd do something. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of players just don't realize that. Yeah, 100%. I need to know three things. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. What is your favorite food? Steak. Steak. Next question. Medium rare? rare. Medium. Medium. You gotta, what okay. you got to do is you got to take, you got to either, when you grill it, you got to <laughs> put the garlic, you either got to put the garlic on top after you flip it or what you do is you take the little garlic butter, right? After you flip it, you set it on flip it back over as it rests, throw another piece on the other side, and then just let it. 
right? It's gonna it's gonna Should add it's gonna add a lot more flavor to All it. Right. You gotta try that. Write that down. Yeah, I'm gonna have my wife do that. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite movie. Old school, like you want to go, like you want to go back or like recently, because I'm gonna say a movie and say it, man. Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield. Great movie, fantastic movie. Great movie. Not a single person that listens to this of my age is gonna know what that movie is. You know what? I, I thought about uh, being on the diving team after I watched that. Yeah, movie, so. and do the quadruple, <laughs> the quadruple lending. And um, then uh, favorite baseball player, live, dead. Mm. I mean, I always try to compare my game to people who kind of like have my body that played my position. Cause then you could like, I'm not, I can't look at Salvador Perez and be like, I'm going to catch like him. He's six, four, two fifty. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, Tucker Barnhart, probably a guy that, okay. that I really look at kind of same body, kind of that five eleven type build kind of stocky. Um, he's a lot more explosive than I am. That's why he's in the big leagues. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a guy that I, that I look to, um, physically kind of the same, both, both right, right, obviously. Um, but a guy that I could watch and be like, that dude does a lot of good stuff. I mean, there's guys that do good stuff everywhere, right? Um, Austin Nola. There's guys off the top of my head that I've watched recently. Austin Nola, um, Stevenson for the Reds, Barnhart. There's a lot of dudes. Then you can go hitters, dude. This dude's at mash. Yeah, and it's so fun to watch. I mean, even dudes in college, you're just like, Jeez. dude, dudes hit balls like they got jet fuel in their bats. And I'm like, dude, I'm swinging the same bat you are. How do you get it to do that? So It's true. No, it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, my last question, because I can be here all day. I, do, I, I don't have, any, I don't have um, anything going on. Um, we're going to do part two of this in, in Omaha? Sure. I'll see you in the hotel. I don't know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting a spot. So oh, good. We'll be there. Good. We'll be yeah. There so, yeah, it'll be fun. Part yeah. two in the hotel. Yeah. Stay tuned, part two. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Where can people reach out if they want to just follow you, stay on track? Uh, ConnorCliff5 on Instagram, ConnorCliff35 on Twitter. There you go. Um, so this is Connor Cliff with USC Baseball. We're here with the Baseball Playground. Go like and follow them on Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Bye, on.